This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. Welcome to the Bartender Journey Podcast number 113. Thanks for listening to the Bartender Journey Podcast. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. My name is Brian Vincent Weber, and I have a very special guest this week. I'm so proud to announce and excited to have Jeffrey Morgenthaler on. You've heard me talk about his book before, The Bar Book. If you listen to the show, you've definitely heard me talk about this book before. It's one of my favorites, if not the favorite uh, bartender book that I recommend. It's not full of recipes. It's full of techniques. In fact, the whole the full title of the book is The Bar Book, Elements of Cocktail Technique. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Jeffrey's an awesome guy. He always has the answer that I'm looking for, whether it's uh, in the book or on his website, jeffreymorgenthaler.com. And he's uh, helped me out a lot when I had questions about uh, sangria. You'll hear me talk about that. He has a great sangria recipe. It's a great idea for uh, keeping your Bloody Mary's fresh behind the bar. And uh, as far as bar management, the guy knows what he's talking about. So, uh, And we had a great, fun conversation. So stand by for that. And I'm also very excited and proud to announce I have a brand new sponsor this week, and it's Chateau Saint-Michel Wine Estates Shake the Vine Cocktail Competition. And you can enter this cocktail contest. There are eight $1,000 prizes, and the thou- and you go to Tales of the Cocktail. The uh, $1,000 goes towards your, tr- your trip to Tales of the Cocktail this year, and you'll compete for one grand prize of $5,000. All you have to do is create an original cocktail recipe using at least one of four Chateau Saint-Michel products. There's a sparkling white wine, there's an orange liqueur, there's a Riesling, and their red diamond temperamental red blend wine. So uh, be creative and you could win eight $1,000 prizes. That's pretty cool. That's great. Good odds here. And uh, But remember, you'll have to, if you're chosen, you'll have to book a trip to Tales of the Cocktail in July. And time is getting short. The, the deadline for entry of this contest is June 30th, 2015, and the finals are in New Orleans on July 15th, 2015. I'll be at the finals covering the event for Chateau Saint-Michel, and uh, we'll have that on a upcoming episode for you after Tales of the Cocktail on Bartender Journey. I'll record some of the contest and interviews, hopefully, with the winners and uh, tell you about the cocktails that won, uh, so that should be a good party. And uh, So go to shakethevine.com and read the official rules and get your entry in. I hope you enter and I hope you win. And of course, I'll put a link to that on my website, bartenderjourney.net. And if you win, you're one of the finalists, or even if you're just going to Tales of the Cocktail on your own, please let me know. I've heard from a couple listeners already who'll be attending this year, and we're going to try to get together for, uh, for some drinks. It'll be a little Bartender Journey Cocktail Hour. So if you're going to be at Tales this year, please let me know. You can email me. It's vince.bartender at gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter at barkeeptips or search uh, Facebook for Bartender Journey. You can find us there too. And, and like the page. Like it. Okay, the book of the week this week is, of course, Jeffrey Morgenthaler's The Bar Book. And we're going to talk all about it. We're going to talk with Jeffrey in just a minute. And uh, like I can't say enough good things about this book. It's very informative. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to help you as a bartender. Trust me. If you go to bartenderjourney.net, you'll see a link for the bar book. And if you click through from Bartender Journey over to Amazon, it uh, helps the show out a little bit. And it uh, doesn't cost you any extra. So uh, do that, bartenderjourney.net. And go click on the bar book and get your copy. Any of those Amazon links are there, same story. 
and sometimes I'll put up uh, links to you know bar tools that I like. Or uh, last week when I talked to Camper English, uh, if you went to the website last week for, uh, or if you go to the, uh, the the blog posting for the Camper English interview, you'll see some of the tools that I use to make the clear ice that we talked about with Camper. So uh, that's that's a lot of fun. That's a that's a fun little ho- hobby that'll occupy a lot of your time, and and you might get obsessed like I did. But uh, the tools aren't expensive at all, and uh, you need a you need a little cooler and some ice picks and uh, I bought a special little hammer for doing it but like I said it didn't didn't cost that much so uh, you can see all the things that I use to make clear ice on bartender journey there uh, bartenderjourney.net under the camper english posting hey the music track we're listening to right now is called writing for the future ballad by Jess Lamont all right, we're going to get to the interview with Jeffrey in just a minute. Uh, first, we have industry news. And, uh, hey, don't forget to stay tuned for the toast. We do our toast at the very end of the show every week now, and so that's a lot of fun. Just stay tuned to the end and for a toast to you, my wonderful listeners. We have our quick little industry news segment, and uh, Bark Bacardi has released a brand new bottle, and uh, it's uh, we took delivery of a case of it, uh, and this weekend was my first time using the new bottle at the bar, and... Uh, I like it. I like it. It's, uh, apparently, it was specifically designed for professionals, for bartenders, and as I understand it, it's it's only for the for the trade. And uh, it's a, n- a nice looking bottle, well balanced, has a, a little bit longer uh, neck for when you grab it out of the speed rail. And uh, had, the label's been redesigned. It looks a little more retro. There's some more uh, Spanish writing on there, and uh, it, it's cool. I, th- I think it's a great trend that um, some of these companies now are thinking about arrogant. Ar- Ergonomics, did I pronounce that correctly? Ergonomics for bartenders. And uh, I know the 86th company uh, has products that are only for the trade, and that, that's a cool trend. So uh, interesting news there. All right, let's get to that interview with Jeffrey Morgenthaler. How you doing? Great, man. Thank you so much for taking my call and talking, being on my show today. Totally. I really appreciate it. Well, let me introduce you as Jeffrey Morgenthaler, bar manager of Clyde Common in Portland, Oregon, and creator of the best amaretto sour in the world. <laughs> What's up <laughs> you with got that? that? right. Well, uh, I haven't tried your recipe. I've got to give that a try. But look, it makes sense what you said. You haven't tried it? Not yet. I will do it. I promise. Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it tomorrow. Shameful behavior. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it at my bar tomorrow. I don't. I don't keep amaretto at home, so. Yeah, well, who does? It just goes too quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> that's not the reason in my case. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like Bailey's. You just can't keep it around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if DiSerono or Bailey's wants to sponsor my show, I will display it prominently and proudly on my home bar. <laughs> well, man, uh, your book is kind of uh, – when people ask me what book they should get before they finish their sentence, I say the bar book. <laughs> oh, it's, I appreciate that. It's a great book, man, and it's it's just – you know, it's not a recipe book. It's a, it's a it's a manual for how to how to how to bartend. Thanks. Yeah, we worked uh, we worked hard on it. We wanted to do something different, and uh, you know, not the usual kind of format of you know recipe photo recipe photo recipe photo recipe photo. So it's been done to death. So we wanted to try something new, and fortunately, it's been received uh, very well. Yeah, well, it's. I mean, everything you're saying there makes sense. I tell you, the the diagram about how to open a shaker was just like uh, that was like a revelation yeah. for me. <laughs> you know, I was. I, was I remember a, I used to like I used to bang that thing on the counter until one of two things happened: either I got the shaker open, 
or I would shatter the glass and almost cut my wrist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I well, I went, I went years with just using a three-piece shaker just to avoid that, you know, terrible oh, feeling when you couldn't. Well, even those, I mean, if you if you yeah. have like a like a cheap three-piece, um, it's still problematic because they they kind of seal like for good. Yeah, yeah, it's you very, know, it's true. But the uh, the trick is for anybody who hasn't read the book, you, you uh, the the part where the two ta- where the two pieces come together. So you put that at six o'clock, and then you got to hit it with your hand uh, at nine o'clock or or six o'clock or uh, three o'clock. So well, read, yeah. the, read the book. <laughs> it's just just like magic. It's great. Well, and the, and you explain the reason for it is the fact that you're breaking that vacuum seal. And I was like, oh, okay, now I understand. Right, exactly. It's sort of like if you have a jar that you can't get open and you use the spoon to release the uh, vacuum. Same same concept. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, like a big jar of bubbles. Yeah, right. Well, uh, I also want to thank you for your sangria recipe. That saved me. God, I made I made so much sangria. I used to work at a, um, a Latin American restaurant. That's all we did was like sangria, mojitos, margaritas. Yeah. Yeah, over yeah. and over and over again. So you uh, you definitely develop that recipe, you know, over over time. You, well, you kind of hone it in pretty quickly. I never would have thought to put bitters in sangria, but it works great. Delicious. It's great. And, you know, I took over as manager at this place, and there, there was this kind of knucklehead bartender, and he would make, like, a giant gallon of, of uh, sangria, and he would put all this, you know, he'd put, like, ramenier in it. It was really expensive to make. And, like, it would sit around. And then after a few days, it wasn't good anymore, you know? Yeah. I fooled around with all kinds of different recipes uh, on my trying to come up with something on my own. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really coming together. But I didn't want to make that big batch of it and let it sit around. And I had this one sir, 18-year-old girl server, tell me, well, that's not sangria. I was like, what? Just because it doesn't sit around in a, in a big jar for a couple of days? And I finally, luckily, came across your posting and said, do not believe anyone who tells you that there is one specific recipe for sangria and that anything else isn't real. The only requirement to making sangria is that it contains wine. Yeah. I was like, yeah, exactly. And then I tried your recipe, and it was perfect, and then we use that forever after. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad it helped. Yeah, it really did. And then the uh, your, your Bloody Mary ideas, that, that, that works out well, too. Oh, God, we use it, like, exclusively. It's been a lifesaver for us. I'm, I'm only disappointed that it took me so long to figure that one out. It makes, <laughs> it makes total sense. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Why didn't I think that? I mean, it's... It's, it's a lifesaver for us, you know. I got just just uh, just twelve hours ago. I got a Bloody Mary um, request. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> I was I was kind of taken aback. I was like, "Did you say Bloody Mary?" It's like eleven o'clock at night. I was like, uh, "Okay." Uh, side note: He walked out on his tab. So there, uh, there's a there's a commentary on people who drink Bloody Marys at eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> that is always odd. But fortunately, I had that bottle of the premix. You know, and it took me no time at all to make it. Yeah, yeah. So it, that's from your uh, that's from your website. You say to add everything except the uh, tomato juice to the to the mix. So that yeah, that's exactly. that's a great that's a and great it, one. It'll last. I mean, it'll last pretty much forever. Yep, yep. You was know? it you that told the story about? A guy, I forget where I heard this. I think it was you. you told the story where a guy walked in and orders, and he shows his ID, and, and uh, he orders two fingers of whiskey. Is that yeah, 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 yeah. Give me, uh, give me two fingers of whiskey. I was like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> a, you, you said, so like, the, like, are you like Wyatt Earp right now? <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> sorry, but I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so you throw him out, and the and the uh, 
the guest sitting at the bar says, bad fake ID, huh? And you say, no, it was, it was a perfect fake ID. So, so how'd you know he was underage? Who orders two fingers of whiskey? Yeah. Unless you're in a cowboy yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a good story. I, I, got, I, I got one finger for you. Yeah. <laughs> Guess which one Get out of here. <laughs> Get, Get the heck out of here. Uh, I like your citrus juice experiment, too. I was always told, you know, warm fruit will yield more juice, and I just never questioned it. We, we all were. I mean, it's in, it's in every major, um, you know, culinary book too. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at, um, if you look at like the, if it, I'm looking at my cookbooks right now. If you look at the, the Cook's Illustrated book, if you look at, I think it's in the Joy of Cooking too. You know, mm-hmm. they always say roll the, roll the shit on the counter, but yeah. um, I don't think anybody ever bothered to like do the experience. Yeah, it's just one of those things you always took as a truth, you know, you never questioned it. I mean, I guess the caveat is like, you have to have like, you know, a strong hand and, and a good juicer, you know, I guess if you're, if you're sort of just squeezing them with your delicate little fingers, it would, <laughs> might make a difference because it'll soften up the, the rind. But I mean, mm. um, what a, what a waste of time if you have a, um, like one of those Hamilton beach juicers yeah. and a, a, a perfectly working hand. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, <laughs> if you have a good right hand, you know. Yeah. I, I should. I'd throw them in the microwave every sometimes if they're really cold. I used to do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people who've done that. Um, you know, another funny, funny thing, that, like speaking of, of, of myths that are passed down in the in the industry, um, to all of us, when I, when I started, so I worked for four years in just a, uh, like a beer bar, mm-hmm. you know, like a, like a, just a shitty tavern. Yeah. And then I got my first, I wanted to do, I wanted to make, you know, mixed drinks cause I thought that was cool. You know, this was like in 1999. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I started at this, uh, VFW hall and, uh, I was, I was trained by this super old lady who would send me over to the Safeway across the street to get uh, citrus for the day. You know, we didn't squeeze anything fresh. We just had lemons and limes for garnishes. Right. And so she'd send me over to get like, you know, six limes and two lemons. (laughs) 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 And and she told me, and I believed it, you know, because I I didn't know any better. She told me that limes were just unripe lemons. (laughs) What? (laughs) I totally, I, I, you know, I mean, she'd been bartending for like 25 years. I figured, you know, she knows better than I do. Right. Yeah. That's odd. <laughs> well, it's just funny, these, these kind of myths that are passed down, you know, from bartender to bartender. That's how, that's how training typically works is, you know, you've been doing it for a long time. And so you just, you train somebody else Yeah. with your, with your, um, uh, with your archive of, of shitty knowledge. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and most of the time it was passed down from the person before them and the person before them and the person before them and nobody bothers to like sort of try to find the truth. Yeah, you know? try to challenge the norm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was always taught as a young bartender to put the, put the ice in the fir- in the shaker first, you know. But that's wrong too. <laughs> oh, I I I was too. Yeah. It, that was step 1. It starts to cool the liquor right away. That's what they thought. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't remember the particular yeah. person that to- told me that, but I I remember it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just like and and, and so I, I figure it's kind of my duty, you know, since I've done all this work to, to actually figure out um, what the truth is. And I, I feel like it's my duty to kind of like pass it along to the people that yeah, yeah. don't know any better, you know? Right, right. Oh, going back to the juice. <laughs> 
I, I tweeted at you like a year ago. I said, I, I said, thank you for showing me that I've been using this tool wrong all my life. The, uh, the hand squeezer. And I always put the, the Oh yeah. You, you put it, that's how you learn. You put it cause it's shaped like a lemon. Yeah. So you put the lemon in the, you know, upside down, right? That's, that's the way it looks like it should go. That's where I learned it. <laughs> but if you turn it the opposite way, you get a lot more juice. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So many people have uh, actually mentioned that to me that they, they had learned, um, you know, that they've always been using that thing the wrong way. And, and, uh, you know, I was certainly one of them. I think that like one of the, one of my sort of strong suits as a, um, as a part of, you know, as a sort of educator, I guess, is that I have done everything the wrong way. <laughs> right. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not coming at you, you know, as some sort of superhero that just, you know, <laughs> kind of knows all this stuff innately. Like, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. I've done everything the wrong way. <laughs> awesome. Like, if there's a way to fuck it up, I've done it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I find, too, if you put a little a little bit of a slit in the uh, in the fruit before you put it in that hand juicer, you'll get some more, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I, I, I got big hands, so it's like, yeah. you know, crush that. Crush that <laughs> oh, so you are a superhero. Is that what you're saying, Jeff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only physically. You know? <laughs> that was another good uh, article that you wrote on your website about the, the guy who uh, said he was, you know, working in sort of a standard bar, for lack of a better term, and he was making his own fresh juices and stuff, and he got caught. You know, the owner didn't want that. And, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we've all been there too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've all been that guy. But your advice made a lot of sense, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, in the in the bigger picture, it's, you know, it's a job. You got to, you know, you got to you got to respect your fucking job. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, it's it's cool that you know all this stuff, but if they don't want you to do it, then right. you know, Either right. get another job or get in line. Right, right. So you can't you can't put a square peg into a round hole, so that makes no. sense. Yeah. Plus, they—I mean, they—the bars priced it out, you know, with sour mix or whatever, not fresh juice. So that that throws the uh, poor cost way out way out of line. Well, and I think I think consistency is a really important issue too. I mean, we all know that um, you know sour mix is, is is not as good as as fresh, you know, lemon or lime juice. But if the guests at this bar—I don't know what this bar was, you know, could, yeah. you know, could be anywhere. But if the guests at this bar have come to expect a certain kind of flavor. And and then you're the guy. I mean, it works both ways, you know. Um, maybe they don't necessarily want that. They, some people kind of think that tastes weird because they've been drinking sour mix all their life. Yeah. But on the flip side, if you're the guy making the fresh juice sidecars and people are coming in on your night, yeah, to have them, and then you know on a you know fucking Tuesday you're not there. Well, now you've you know kind of alienated some of the crowd. So it's like either. Either the whole bar has to be with the program or not. You know, you can't just you just can't have one bartender who's doing things differently than all the other bartenders because that's right. just not good for it's not good for a bar to have. You know, I always, I always hate it when you when you see sort of reviews on bars. It's like, well, you know, go here on Thursday because Steve's working. Mm. But don't go on Fridays because you know the the guy that worked on Fridays isn't Steve. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's a. I think that's a fail. Yeah, yeah. But know, that's, I mean, that's that's management's responsibility to make sure that, that consistency. You know. And, yeah, and if management doesn't want to step up and 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 put together a, a super tight drink program, then go you know go get another job. 
Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Uh, I like your uh, your theories on buybacks. I was that's such a crazy. Th- I mean, I grew up with that culture, you know, in in, in New York. And uh, yeah, know. we all did. And, and I'm not saying that buybacks are are bad. I mean, the the whole point of that article, I think a lot of people kind of misunderstood what I was saying was that you know this person wrote in and she said that um, you know the guy was doing buybacks and then he got into he got into big trouble right with his with his boss and that's that's you know that's the sign that like it wasn't it, it's not the buyback it's the fact that this guy was stealing from the business yeah yeah <laughs> you know and giving yeah. you free drinks like it's not the buybacks are bad if if the bars if the bars down with the buybacks then that's great yeah. you know what a cool kind of way to keep regulars and and you know and reward people that that come in but but uh, this guy wasn't you know this wasn't some sort of buyback program this guy was just giving you free shit right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, this guy yeah. was just a thief. <laughs> right, right. But it, it, it's stupid too, because you, you know we we always got the fourth drink free. So now, uh, mm-hmm. now it's a long night. Now I'm gonna have a fifth. Now I'm gonna have a sixth. And I'm like, oh, if I have one more, then I'm gonna get another one free. Now I've now I had eight. That's too many. <laughs> yeah. What, what, a, what an awesome way to encourage over service. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's that's bad news. Yeah, you said done in an appropriate manner by someone who actually owns the booze. The buyback can be an effective tool. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I've worked in places where, you know, I felt a certain guest didn't, you know, we we always say buybacks are earned, not not expected, you know. And uh, right. I've worked in places where I, I didn't buy back. And I, and I get the owner coming over, so-and-so said he didn't buy back. I'm like, all right, you're the boss. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's perfectly fine. But, it's, you know, if you got one rogue employee that's just giving away free alcohol, that's, um, yeah, you know, that's not good. No, no. I'll tell you, coming up with that culture, I still get a little, uh, depending on where I'm hanging out, you know, I still come to uh, kind of expect it once in a while sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it's, very, it's very old school, isn't it? Definitely. We're, maybe we're giving away our ages here. We're, we're, about, yeah. the same. we're about the same, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'll never tell. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I'll never tell. The uh, you got some useful spreadsheets on your uh, website that I used. I had a price of cocktail menu. That that was that's great. I, I used that that spreadsheet. It's really helpful. Oh yeah, I'm glad that helps. I mean, um, I've been blessed to be um, you know very uh, good with math mm. somehow. And <laughs> so again, you know, I like to share that because I think it's important. And I think. Uh, you know, people can benefit from it. Yeah, and uh, a lot, I think a lot of people have really benefited from from that, which is which is awesome. Yeah, that one and the inventory sheet—they're really great. Oh yeah, you know, it took me forever to put that up. Like I, I wanted to put that up forever, and uh, I just kind of never got around to it. I mean, I should have put that up like five years ago. Yeah. You know, part of it was like, I, I was like, I don't think people are really going to be interested in this. You know, much to my surprise, they have been, which is great. Yeah. Because that's, that's an important element to the to the business, you know? It's not just Absolutely. about cool drinks. It's not just about, you know, obscure ingredients and stuff like that. It's about, uh, you know, actually making money and being a business. I mean, we can all, we can all sit around in, in a circle and talk about, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Talk about what what sort of rare liqueurs we have at our bars. But right. it, you know, if the, if the business goes under in uh, six months, then it's not really going to matter, is it? Yeah, exactly. I, I get into this discussion all the time with people who aren't aren't in the business, you know, and they're like, "Oh, you know, those drinks are marked up so much." I'm like, "Yeah, but you know, 
we haven't we haven't turned on the lights yet. We haven't paid anybody yet. We haven't paid the insurance yet. We haven't paid for the liquor license yet. You know? Yeah. Well, it's a, I mean, it's a really delicate balance too. I mean, you know, I would love to have uh, a bunch of drinks on my menu that were, you know, all comprised of really expensive mezcal and green chartreuse and stuff. But the fact of the matter is, I, I can't charge twenty eight dollars for a cocktail. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was looking at your menu. It looks pretty reasonably priced. Yeah, you know, that's a that's kind of a directive from my boss. He wants he wants the place to to really be fair, mm-hmm. you know, and not be exclusive and uh, the kind of place where anybody can walk in and get a good drink, whether it's, you know, eight bucks or, or 12 bucks or whatever. Um, yeah. And that's, that's part of the challenge. And, and that's actually kind of the fun part for me is to design a cocktail menu that's both interesting and fair, right? you know, and, and accessible because, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, we, we're in the business of, of, you know, getting people, you know, what they want and making them happy and not just being cool. You know, right. I think a lot of bartenders these days are, are so obsessed with, you know, if, if their menu is cool, then they'll be successful. But, right. uh, you know, I've, I've been at the same place for six and a half years and we're both successful and cool. So, <laughs> so it can be done. Yeah. It's in a hotel, right? Yeah, we're in the East Hotel. Yeah. We've got, we've got two bars in the East Hotel. Cool. Um, we've got our, our kind of big, loud, tavern-style restaurant you know it's uh, just crazy every night and then we've got our tiny little kind of fancy cocktail bar nice yeah i've never been to that uh i've never been to that part of the country oregon it's beautiful out here yeah i bet yeah i actually uh, uh i've been traveling so much for the past year in support of the book and uh i just i just did my last trip this past weekend uh to portland maine which was awesome Hmm. But I'm going to stay here for the rest of the summer. I'm not going anywhere because there's no better place, I think, to be in the summertime than Oregon. It's, it's just gorgeous. Nice. You're not going to Tails? Nope. I'm staying here. All right. Well, here's another thing in your book that was uh, against conventional wisdom. Uh, you know, I was always taught that once you uh, – you, well, your recipes for the uh, Tom Collins. And so you, you shake all the ingredients except the soda, but then add the soda to the mixing tin. And that's yeah. – uh, that's that's great because there was always something in the back of my mind saying this drink is not really mixed up that well, you know, when we put the soda on top. <laughs> well, yeah, you got like two inches of soda water. And then especially, you know, with a tall drink, we always put a straw in it. Yeah. Uh, we don't necessarily put a straw in, in short drinks, uh, yeah. but tall drinks we always do because it's awkward to drink them. Mm-hmm. So when you take that first sip, you're drinking just straight lemon juice, sugar, and gin. And yeah. then your last sip is just soda, you know, so like, yeah. it doesn't really make any sense. No, it doesn't. Um, but you certainly couldn't put the soda in the mixing tin before you shake it because, no. you know, it's going to, A, lose its effervescence and, B, um, explode. <laughs> yeah. I think we've all tried that experiment where we put the <laughs> the bubbles in the mixing tin and then it just comes apart and, and <laughs> ends up dumping all over our shoulders. Yep. Makes a mess. <laughs> I see what – I used the uh, – again, not to give my age away, but I used – the squirrel POS, I think it was probably version 1.0. <laughs> oh, I did too. The DOS, the DOS version. Yeah. Oh, that thing, that thing. Um, the, the only time I've come very, very, very close to crying behind the bar, <laughs> like very close was, was the time that I had to, um, try to split a check 10 ways with squirrel. Right. <laughs> which as you know, is like nearly impossible. You know, yeah. squirrel is just like, um, I don't know what it's like now. I'm sure they've they've upgraded to probably Windows 98 or something. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't even realize they were still around. I hadn't I haven't seen one in years. I, I, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I mean, they were onto something that, with that touchscreen. I think they were pretty much the first to, to come up with the touchscreen oh, yeah. in POS. Oh gosh, oh god, I hated it every <laughs> every second of it. You know, because I was used to like my first four, five, six, maybe six years behind the bar were using cash register. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have yeah a fancy POS running. I went to this uh, you know really nice restaurant and they had a POS, and I was just like, oh god. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what do I do it takes this? 12 steps to do anything, you know, with yeah, a cash really register, you just like punch it in and and you're good. But you know, they are better for, for reporting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But this, they are still clunky to this day. Oh God. Every single one of them. Yep. Just, just brutal. I, I, I'm convinced that these, these POSs aren't designed by people who have ever worked in bars and restaurants. Exactly. Ever. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Can we talk about salt in cocktails for a second? That's something sure. that seems to be popping up more and more these days. I don't think you mentioned it in your book, but uh, I've been mess- experimenting with it a little bit, and, and it, it's, it does make a difference. Yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't really talk a lot about ingredients in the yeah. book. Um, you know, I try to really stick with techniques. Um, you know, salt, salt is definitely an ingredient. I mean, it's awesome. Um, I, I first learned about it from my friend Evan Zimmerman, who was putting salt in his uh, Campari cocktails and salt is Mm. like salt is like, you know, as, as sweet as the opposite of sour salt is kind of the opposite of bitter. Mm. So you, when you use it, you have an opportunity to kind of tune down um, those bitter flavors and kind of explore what's underneath. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With Campari, I'm sure that's awesome. Oh yeah. Really good. Cause then you get like the, the fruitiness of the part, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and not as much as the bitterness. So you kind of see what's, what's underneath, underneath that bitter Campari. When we were, we were coming up with the um, grasshopper recipe, mm-hmm. I was really trying to get that, um, you know, blended ice cream grasshopper to have a lot more depth than just, you know, minty chocolate flavor. Mm. So we added, uh, we found that we liked it with a little bit of fernet. But it still had this, it still had this, like, kind of lingering bitterness in the back palate, which is not what you want from a grasshopper. I mean, you, you want a grasshopper to be sweet and chocolatey and minty, yeah. but at the same time, you want it to have some depth. And the Fernet really added that depth, but, um, you know, after, after a couple sips, you had this, like, kind of, you know, sort of bitterness on the tongue. We found that adding a little bit of sea salt just, just rounded the whole thing out. Yeah, it sounds sounds um, great. Yeah, and we, we're fortunate to have like really pretty amazing uh, sea salt made here in Oregon, Jacobson Sea Salt, uh, that's mm. harvested uh, out on our coast. Cool. Yeah, super cool. Big, flaky, crunchy sea salt that we add to every grasshopper. I actually once made – it wasn't my original idea, but uh, sea, black Hawaiian sea salt and rosemary, you know, kind of muddled together. And, there you uh, go. Rimmed a glass with that and uh, served a Negroni in it. It was really good. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, it was great. Before I let you go, one thing that I always wanted to talk about in the show, but I, I never found anybody to talk about it with, was uh, sanitation behind the bar. You know, it's it's one thing that never gets talked about very often. You know, but it's uh, it's so important and it's easy to easy to let things lapse. You know, do, yeah. do you do you use like checklists or uh, for your bartenders things they need to do at the end of well, the day? Well, I mean. We, um, we try to run the bar the same way that the kitchen runs the kitchen, you mm-hmm. know, with, with safety and all that. I mean, of course, you know, we're, we're touching a lot of this stuff. So hand washing is really important. Um, keeping the tools clean, 
um, keeping the dishwasher, um, you know, hot and, and full of delicious chemicals, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know, we, we follow, we just follow all the rules of the kitchen. But fortunately, we've got this amazing kitchen that, you know, I, if, if I ever have a question, I can go to the chef who's mm. very well versed in, in the, um, nuances of food safety. Cause that's what, I mean, that's what we're doing. We're making yeah drinkable food, right? Right. Yeah. So we take every precaution to make sure that nobody gets, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I always wonder about is those bar rags. Like how long should we be using those before we go get a new one? You know? Well, they should be kept in a, in a sanitizer bucket with, mm. with water, water and a little bleach. Oh, okay. All right. You that know? makes sense. Um, you know, one thing, one thing, God, one thing I hate, I, you know, I'm guilty of this in the past as well is the uh, good old dirty bar rag in the bartender's back pocket. Yeah. Oh God, I hate that one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but you need, you, I mean, your hands are always, you're always washing your hands and you need, you know, you need a rag around a lot, but man, they must, they must, I don't know, they must get dirty. Yeah, we got a, we got a stack of paper towels for, for drying the hands. Yeah, that's better. You know, at every station, but uh, yeah, rags, rags need to be kept sanitized because uh, otherwise what do you like what are you doing you know you're you're just like wiping down the bar or wiping down bottles or wiping down your hands with uh a disgusting bacteria filled piece of cloth you know <laughs> so if you keep it in a sanitizer bucket that's gonna that's gonna yeah. end that problem real quick that makes sense all right well i sure appreciate your time and uh, it was a pleasure speaking with oh, you sir. thanks for having me yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll shoot you an email. I'm gonna probably uh, post this next week. That so. sounds great. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, because I, I love hearing my voice recorded. <laughs> Everyone you know, does, who do, don't they? Who doesn't? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of the one of life's great pleasures yep. is hearing your own voice. <laughs> yeah, you get used to it after a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Hope uh, we can share a cocktail one of these days. Well, I'm sure we will. All right, man. Take care. Thank you. All right, bud. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Is that awesome or what? Jeff is the real deal. I, it was a lot of fun talking with him, and uh, I, I learned a lot. I learn a lot every time I read his stuff, his book, his blog, his, and speaking with him was just awesome. He's a lot of fun to talk to, too. So go to Bartender Journey and click through the link to get Jeffrey's book, The Bar Book, and you'll uh, you'll see it in the blog posting for this episode or on the resources page, or you can just use the little Google search bar in the upper right-hand corner of the site to search for Morgan Thaler, if you can spell that, <laughs> or search for uh, The Bar Book, and uh, that'll bring it to you if you're having trouble locating it. So we have our toast coming up in just a minute, but first a couple of links and social media stuff. Remember, uh, Jeffrey's website is jeffreymorgenthaler.com and his Twitter is Jeff Morgan. My website again is bartenderjourney.net. On Twitter, I'm Barkeep Tips. On Facebook, just search for Bartender Journey and feel free to email me for any reason. It's vince.bartender at gmail.com. Hey, this episode was sponsored by the Shake the Vine Cocktail Competition. Go to shakethevine.com and find out more and submit your original recipe. You could be down in New Orleans at Tales of the Cocktail this, this year, coming up soon. And you can win $5,000. 
there's eight $1,000 prizes towards your travel of tale, to Tales of the Cocktail and one grand prize of $5,000. Our toast is coming right up, but first I want to tell you the song we're listening to right now is called Belka and Strelka, The Space Dogs by the Vivisectors. Hey, last night I went to another one of Gary Gaz Regan's events, the Cocktails in the Country, the uh, Organized Chaos, where you get to try out uh, cocktails from the 10 students that are taking a two-day course and uh, it was so much fun. I have such a great time at those events, and I took some pictures this time, and I'll post those up on bartenderjourney.net, one of me and Gaz, and uh, some of the students pouring drinks, and uh, it was just such a great time. Hey, want to get free shipping from Amazon? If you go to bartenderjourney.net, you'll see where you can get a 30-day free trial period of Amazon Prime, which not only gives you free shipping on a heck of a lot of items from Amazon, it also gives you Amazon Prime Video, which is their streaming video service. So check that out. Hey, do me a favor. Go to iTunes and give a rating and give give a uh, review. Be like Terrazine, who left a great review. Head on over to iTunes. If you launch iTunes on your uh, on your laptop or your desktop, uh, launch the iTunes app. Search for Bartender Journey in the iTunes store, and then click on the Ratings and Reviews tab. You'll see where you can read what Terrazine wrote, and you can write your own, and you can leave some stars where five stars is the most. I'm not telling you how many to leave. I'm just telling you five stars is the most. All right, here's our toast. I've done that, I've been that, I've had that, felt that, needed that, lost that, and wanted that. Reasons why I drink to that. Cheers! We'll see you next time on Bartender Journey.